0: Thank you for joining me on today's Tell Us How to Make a Better podcast. We all have so many things that could be holding us back from the success in life we'd like to have. So how do you know exactly what it is that's holding you back and what you can do to make it better? My guest today has been working on this problem for over 40 years. She's worked with people from as young as six up to 76 years old. She says past unconscious childhood and love trauma can get in the way of our success in life, love, and business But as you'll learn today, Rihanna Milne says there's a way to overcome this and create the life you desire and have the love you deserve. I'm George Siegel, and this is the Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. Every week, we introduce you to people who are working on real-world problems and providing actual solutions. Tell Us How to Make It Better is partnering with The Readiness Lab the home for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. And uh, Rihanna, uh, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me, George. Thank you. I
0: appreciate you coming on. Okay, so let's get to it. What is the problem that you are working on? You've identified you're working on it and tell us what you're doing to make it better.
1: Yeah, for over 40 years, I've been teaching the mindset for success. And I identified after myself experiencing childhood trauma the huge impact that it has in life, love, and business on people of all ages. So I work with those age 16. My oldest client was 76 um, to heal past unconscious childhood trauma mindset, um, fear-based negative mindset, and bring them into full conscious awareness and to create that life they desire and have the love they deserve by healing the trauma first and then learning the skills for success. Now, I imagine I there's do. all
0: kinds of, there's all kinds of childhood trauma. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I talked to so many people, I made a film about parenting and, um, I've talked to so many different people and everybody has a different, rem- they remember their childhood differently. If you talk to siblings, one has a different uh, memory of how things went than the other. So what is the, um, the The kinds of trauma you're talking about, because I know a lot of times people blow them up, and then a lot of times people have horrific childhoods. and sure. And well, just, I, I identified
1: the out. top ten childhood traumas. Now, my work experience is more extended than the introduction. I worked in a mental health unit for kids in a hospital ages five through nineteen. I worked at every grade level in the schools, from kindergarten through college helping those with emotional upset, trauma, or distress, uh, those identified as oppositional defiant or ADHD kids. Um, I worked in drug and alcohol rehab centers for teens. Another one was for women from the prison system. So all ages, all cultures, all backgrounds. And then when I experienced a second love trauma and went to seven therapists, friends of mine, because I'm also a psychotherapist and no one could say what he has, why he sabotaged our relationship. Because on the surface, it was an incredible relationship, but he was very high risk and impulsive. And I wanted to know why. So I did the research for myself and it was astonishing how his childhood life impacted him, in life, love and business as an adult. And then I had to look at myself, well, what traumas do I have of the top? And what with top 10 traumas do I have? So this assessment tool has now been used around the world. It's one of my main assessments I use. And people can easily identify it. Yes, I had that. No, I didn't have it. And then I explain how that shows up for them. And then it finally starts to make sense. I mean, I had a client say, I've been seven years in therapy, and one hour I finally understand what's wrong and why. What are so the it's the very what are the 10 okay let's go into that now first of all remember there are more than 10. sure second all the research shows that childhood trauma goes to at least 10 i'm sorry at least three generations and in 2021 the research shows that 100 of us have at least one to three of the childhood traumas we all are impacted so this is not something about blaming our parents or feeling ashamed that we have it it's the first thing I always say, you can't change what you don't recognize, acknowledge or understand. So it's the first part of understanding where we're struggling by looking deeply into the past. So the top 10 that I have identified through all my work, my clients and research are the first one is if you grow up with addiction in the family. And it's not just drugs and alcohol. There's sex addiction, meaning you knew your parent was a cheater. Porn. Gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, workaholism, and computer addiction, just being on social media and ignoring the kids, gaming, or whatever that might look like. Okay, the second one is verbal messaging. So abusive verbal messaging, such as being yelled at or watching your parents fight all the time, that's how they solve their issues. Or hearing verbal put downs like, no, I'm not paying for college for you. You'll never make it. Or I'm not going to waste my money. Or change your outfit and you look fat in that. Or never hearing the words, I love you. Or being given compliments. So verbal messaging runs very deep. The third one is emotional abuse and neglect. The fourth one is um, having any sex, uh, sexual abuse, rape, or molestation that could have been inside or outside of the family. So you could have had a perfect family life, but you had a date rape, and then your trust is low when it comes to love. So there's all different scenarios. The one after that is abandonment, and there's two types. There's fault and no-fault abandonment. So no-fault abandonment would be an example like your parent died early, or they had to go off to serve war. In their, you know, for their country. Or an example like mine, we didn't know, but my dad was James Bond. He served for the FBI and CIA and he was off and gone. We didn't know where he was and he couldn't tell the family, but that's how he supported our family. That's all no fault. A fault abandonment is never being in the child's life, being there presently in the home, but not really attaching, like not going to the kids' school events or, you know, you come from the office to dinner to your home office and you just, basically ignore the kids. You're not emotionally attached or involved. Um, Or after a divorce, you never really see the kids much. So those are all samples of that. The next one is if you were adopted part of the foster care system or had to go live in another person's home because your family lost your home or they couldn't keep you, so they put you in grandma's house or an aunt's house. I had a girl say, well, I didn't want to go home because there, you know, there's drinking and abuse. So me wanting to be at my girlfriend's house, does that count? I'm like, yes, that counts. You know, she didn't feel safe at home. Trauma number seven is the one that most people recognize with themselves. That's called personal trauma. So that's any way that you might've felt different. It could have been racial, cultural, coming out as a gay or lesbian teen. It could have been you identified ADHD in the schools and, and the kids made fun of you or that label, or you had to be pulled out of classes. Um, it could be many different scenarios. You were chubby, overweight child. You were skinny and gawking, and called a nerd. So a lot of people can relate to trauma number seven. Trauma eight is sibling trauma. So most common people identify with seeing their sibling as the golden child, the favored one. So the star athlete, more handsome, more beautiful, the smarter student, you know, just feeling less than compared to their sibling or their sibling might've had an illness and mom and dad had to spend more time with them because they needed to give them more care. Okay, trauma nine has two parts. I had to bring down trauma 11 because it used to be one of the minor ones when we were growing up. So it was a number 11 place, but it's now part of nine. So nine is family and community trauma. So family trauma means your parent was incarcerated or you had to move a lot due to job loss, where there was a lot of struggle financially, Um, anything involving the family. And then, of course, community trauma is now one of our biggest traumas, like the hurricane damage that was just done. So any Mother Nature events is community trauma. COVID is an example of community trauma. So that's going to be a big community one. community at large. So that's why in 2021, it's like everyone has suffered through COVID in one way or another, yeah. you know, Um So anything uh, happening to school shootings, you know, mass shootings in our community. So unfortunately, community trauma has become huge. And then the last one is mental health issues in mom or dad. And our generation, our parents really didn't go to counseling. So we kind of have to guess. The two most impactful in kids to experience is one is borderline personality disorder. So I quickly define that as fast trigger anger. And when they're good, they're great. But when they're bad, they're horrid and you never know what they're going to get. That keeps the child on eggshells and keeps them having high anxiety. And the other one is uh, bipolar disorder, and that's manic depressive. So manic, yeah, it's a high and happy stage, but then it's also mixed with uh, usually something destructive like a gambling spree, a spending spree, eating binge or you know, drinking binge. So um, that is the top ten that I've identified through the years, and then I came out with that assessment in 2012, and that's when the work began. That's a <laughs> pretty all-encompassing in, list. Yeah. yeah, I did a lot of local clients in New Jersey, South Jersey, and then in Florida and Delray Beach, and then I went global in 2017.
0: It's time for emergency preparedness to go mainstream. Smart, innovative, practical solutions that match your needs. Instinct Ready educates, prepares, and equips the everyday person for disaster. With promo code Make It Better, you can access comprehensive preparedness courses and premium Go Bags. Visit InstinctReady.com with promo code Make It Better today. Preparedness starts at home. Now, when when I was growing up, when when kids would have problems, the 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 parent the parental way of handling would be get over it. You know. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's not very compassionate, is it? Well, I'm not
0: pinning that on my parents. I'm talking about parents in general. It seemed like we didn't have as many things closing in on us around the world. And I guess every generation has their own. uh, It really depends. You
1: know, like I experienced the death of my best childhood friend who was killed by a drunk driver when we were 16. And I begged my mom to go see a counselor. And she said, no one in this family will ever go see a counselor. And my defiance, I said, then I will grow up and become one. And I did you you know, because I needed help. So I turned to books and started studying the masters and mindset and life after death and became very spiritual. So, I mean, that's how I got my healing. But of course, if your children are struggling for our listeners out there, please get them a great coach or counselor. uh, Absolutely. I guess
0: where I was going with that, though, is have we gone the other way where now we're looking for a reason for everything? Somebody can't just be an asshole. Somebody can't just be a bad person. You're able to delve into that and go, well, there's a reason that that person. There's a like
1: reason. That. Yeah. I have a very dear friend that said, you know, my, my son is struggling because of this, this and that. And I said, there's a reason for it. And I really broke down the traumas and he goes, oh, wow. You know, one school kicked him out and school didn't want him. I said, did he ever see a a, a counselor about childhood trauma? You know, and he felt different in the way that he looked. So he was teased and bullied relentlessly. I said he had a lot of anger. Kids don't know how to process their anger. Their uh, brain and their mental emotional maturity is not an adult. They don't know how to process it. So kids become either internalizers. They get quiet, shut down. Those are the kids with eating disorders or do self-mutilation and cutting. Or they're externalizers. Those are the ones angry, you know. Uh, risky sexual behavior, you know, or hanging with a group of friends. And they turn to that for companionship that are getting them in trouble. So those are the externalizers. Uh, But yeah, it's both are a a cry for help.
0: I would think your job has gotten more difficult over the years, too. When, When I think back, you know, 100 years ago when I was a kid, at least if you went home, you could get away from it. There was a place if it was a problem in the outside world now with social media the, you know, the iPad, the, the iPhone, sure. the computer. It's like you can't get away from it. You can get bullied without ever
1: leaving your house. Yeah. Yeah. I handled a lot of cyberbullying when I was in the schools and uh, really taught the kids in the school environment how to negotiate through their problems and speak up for themselves in a powerful but calm and um, assertive way, you know, and help them negotiate through their problems. So, I mean, there's skills to really be taught to the kids and unfortunately, the SAC counselor, student assistance counselors, seems to be the first to be laid off, but they keep the football coach, you know? So it's like, what's the matter with our school system putting so much emphasis on sports instead of mental health and mindset?
0: We could do a whole other show on that. I know. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's not much that gets to me uh, being cynical. But when I look at I've interviewed children who tried to commit suicide And Mm. they had traumas and things in their lives. And it's just heartbreaking when you hear that from a young person. So I imagine your work can be pretty rewarding when you can identify that and then help them.
1: Yeah. And then the adults are the people that come to me that never settled these things for themselves. So they feel less than they have low self-esteem, lack confidence, lack faith and trust in themselves and in others. You know, or they people please Uh, to get their way Um, they can't speak in an empowered way about their feelings they don't feel heard Um, some get jealous and controlling because they feel less than that they're not pretty enough or handsome enough to keep their partner so they're involved with jealousy and control Um, you know there's a lot of different ways that this shows up in in adults
0: which is more challenging working with young people or working with older people? Because I know with younger people going to therapy, a lot of them don't want to be there. I know you said you wanted to when you were 16, and, and, and that sounds like it would be more of an exception. Is it yeah. easier to work with people who have identified, wow, I have a problem and I need to work on it?
1: I do great with kids, um, but it's a coaching model, not therapy. A lot of the therapists ask, so how do you feel about that? And kids don't know. Right. So then they feel stupid and they don't know what to say and, and they hate sitting in the waiting room. So they love online coaching. Because coaching is giving them real skills to deal with the problem. It's an educational model. You know, so when my clients turn to me, I have a 150-page notebook for the adults that they use to, you know, learn to get over the trauma and to be more empowered, yet calmer and peaceful in life. So there's real skills that are taught. So kids want the answers because they don't know how to handle it. So I find, and even though as a therapist, I was bucking the system and coaching from day one in year 2000, I've been at this game 23 years, and I coach kids in schools. Um, I even did meditation in year 2004, and everyone thought I was a little wacky, but I knew through my research that meditation calms the anxiety, lessens cortisol, and when cortisol or stress is high, memory and learning is down. So my kids' grades went up and they, the, the teachers are, where did you give them a chill pill back there? They're like so calm and they came back. 15 minutes of meditation is all you need. So now they're doing that on a more regular basis. But, you know, I came out with a lot of new skills, um, behavioral patterns. Um, we call them behavioral charts to, you know, encourage good behavior and decrease the bad behavior. Because yelling and screaming does nothing except teaches your kid to yell and scream about their problems when they're older. So
0: Now, on your website, you talk about how you help people heal. So, mm-hmm. so tell me about that. How wh- What's the process? What kind of time is involved in that? I mean, on, when we watch TV shows that they have a breakthrough within well, 52 minutes and uh, the, the person is better or they, they're not. How does it work in real life?
1: Right. Well, real life is it takes a while. Trauma is stored in the brain and the body cells. So I first attach uh, really teach around the biology of trauma. You know, so I, we do I teach meditation. I according to whatever issues are struggling, I teach vitamin therapy, what vitamins they could use. I go into diet and eliminating chemicals out of their food and going organic. So I do everything biologically first and then I go into analyzing their trauma and really breaking it down and seeing what some of their norms or behavioral habits are doing that is sabotaging them or you know stops them from having sustainable relationships, love partners or you know sabotages them in dating or gives them so much fear around dating or relationships. So we get down to the bottom of that, and then I start teaching mindset. And you know, there's so many skills that I teach. Like I said, it's a workbook model. So they fill out the pages, they give it to me from what they wrote, which we call bibliotherapy. I then know how to teach them what they need. So it's very individualized. I mean, I do have a group, but I won't take even more than 16 um, because I want everyone to have a personal transformation. And so it's very individualized based on what they have experienced or trauma and what they're experiencing as an adult. So but mindset is very powerful and it's a huge part of what I've been teaching, like I said, for over 40 years. For example, I had a model and talent company. Um, I had a a plus size model come to me named Jennifer. And she goes, I really want to do this. Do you think I can do it? I said, yes. She goes, well, my family says, don't waste your money. Look in the mirror. You're fat. No one will ever hire you as a model. So these are the messages that people come to me with. And I said, Jen, with my help, can we get you from a size 23 to a size 16? She goes, I'll do anything just to prove them wrong. I said, perfect. That's what we call the watch me mindset for success. Then I taught her all the skills she needed to lose the weight. And she ended up with Ford special sizes, making a ton of money. You know, so this is what I do. I eliminate those fears and the negative messaging teach them the skills they need to succeed and whatever their desire in life is. So if it's modeling, acting, singing, dancing, I mean, my own daughter, you know, sings on three multi-platinum CDs with a top singer and her father says, you think you can see that's an effing joke. You can't sing, you know? So she had to stop those messages and we said, let's, what can we do to get you there? And the world just aligned. I met this top artist in a nightclub in Miami You know, I at the time she was interviewing with Timberland, a top producer, and then Rodney Jerkins, another top record producer, produced for Michael Jackson, right in our hometown of Atlantic City area. So, I mean, it just aligned and she got picked up. You know, she got three offers, but the first one she took. And, uh, you know, so how do you encourage kids or adults? And I don't care what the age is. You know, to go for their goals and dreams. And it's all mindset, what they believe they can achieve. So it's really important to learn the mindset to heal the trauma.
0: And my documentary film, the one about parenting, was called License to Parent. And it was a metaphor for, you know, bad parenting. But the idea of a license, when you talk about a parent telling their kid they're too fat to do something or they're not talented enough to do something,
1: that's unbelievable. Blowing their dreams. Yeah, I mean, my daughter was watching TV. She was five watching Save the Children commercial in Africa. She goes, Mom, I'm going to go save those kids one day. And I said, baby, I believe you will because you're smart and you have a heart of gold. She now has 21 water wells in Tanzania, Africa that she started at age 20.
0: Wow. That's, because that's, that's I taught great. her
1: she can believe in whatever it is that she wants to do. So I just do the same thing with my adults. And then we go for their goals and dreams. We do a lot of goal setting and the exact path to get their goals and dreams accomplished. And then we go into the love and relationship part second.
0: Now, with um, since we can't solve everybody's problem in 30 minutes, if you had <laughs> to give people some like an encapsulated and say, okay, here's some warning signs. Here's some things you should look at that. This is an indication that you're destroying this relationship or you're keeping yourself from having a relationship. What would be some of the warning signs people might look for to go? Wow. I got to do something about that.
1: Well, I think everyone knows what toxic now means. I was using that word early on and people had no idea what I meant by a toxic relationship, but it makes you physically feel ill So you have stomach aches, uh, headaches, irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, You can't sleep. You can't eat. You overeat. You're over drinking. You feel helpless. Uh, You can't speak your feelings. You get yelled at. You're abused emotionally, financially, sexually. There's all kinds of abuses. You can't attach. Uh, You're afraid to attach. So those are all the negatives. So what are we aiming for? What is the emotionally healthy, evolved relationship look like? I can tell you from a page from my book, Love Beyond Your Dreams, and that's we start with the five F's, which is a solid foundation, which is the ability to trust yourself and the other person. You have confidence in who you are as a person. I have this one assessment tool that's free on my website. Are you really ready for a relationship? And we score one to 10, and we look at everything that's a seven or less and fix those first before they go out and date. A lot of people heard, get back out there on the saddle, you know, if uh, you fell off and you lost the relationship and they go out like dating wounded. And that's one of the worst things you can do because you're more vulnerable. So you want to be really individually ready, flexible, meaning you're open minded to communication, understanding, empathy, and you allow your partner to have their own opinion. Vaccine or not, let them have their opinion. Which president? Let them have their opinion without trying to control their decision. Um, The third one is fidelity, which is honesty, loyalty, and integrity. So you're doing the right things when nobody's looking because if you don't, it's gonna impact not only you, but your partner and the relationship. The next F is friendship. The relationship should be grounded in friendship. He's your buddy, your friend. You get along great, you have a lot of laughter. You respect each other. You're reliable. You're supportive of each other's goals and dreams, like you're a best friend. Um, Fun. You have have to have common interests, you know, hanging out together, having a lot of joy. Not that you have to do everything together, but you have to have enough together. So that's the glue. Um, The intimacy is uh, well-balanced, a balance of deep friendship and love, daily affection, And the ability to compromise, you know, you have to be able to talk through your issues. And I teach a lot of communication skills because these skills were never taught to us. They weren't modeled by our families. They weren't taught to us in high school, college, or even in my triple masters of psychology, unfortunately. Um, So I do a lot of communication skills um, because I think that's really important. And balanced individuals, each are very happy people with their own life. They have no cheap drama. They've taken care of all that, or they're working proactively on it. And believe it or not, number one technique to have a good, solid relationship is spirituality. You both share the common morals and values with each other. It's not religion, it's spirituality, which you practice 24-7.
0: And yeah, I've talked to people that w- w- when they've had different issues in a relationship, and then they've ended up getting married, eventually that's what imploded them. Um, Things rarely get better once you're married. If you had a problem beforehand, maybe that was those are signs or things you need to work on.
1: Yeah, that's usually not true. Things get a lot worse. Abuse gets a lot worse with marriage. You know, so um, I do uh, have people come to me for premarital coaching as well before they decide if they see they're struggling or especially if there's a blended family and the kids are struggling and acting out, they don't like the partner, then you really should get some coaching around that before the marriage takes place.
0: yeah, that that so that goes with parenting, too. I think if parents had to take a test or fill out an application to see if they were qualified to get the job, a lot of people would not be given children.
1: Yeah. well, we didn't learn those skills, which is unfortunate. And when I have a client in front of me that's struggling because they were abused in their marriage. I can guarantee it, the child is struggling. So I have to teach the parent to heal and then give them the tools to help their kids to heal. And it's it's incredible how that works. Once they know what to do and they're, they're really having open and honest and loving conversations with their kids and they're no longer punishing or yelling and they're teaching. You know, the word discipline is from the Bible. It means to teach. You're supposed to teach your kids what to do because they are not supposed to know better. <laughs> they're not, you know, they're the little people and their brains aren't uh, mature enough to know better. So it's our job to model the right things and to teach them the right things. And do you that's think you can fix hope. anybody? What's that?
0: Do you believe you can fix anybody? Do you think there's like are some people just I, I can't fix that person. I can't help them. Or do you think you, if you get in there, you can solve most of these issues? Yes,
1: they just have to really want the transformation. Like if they quit the program or they do not do their exercises, then they've quit on themselves. So as long as they're doing the workbook with me and they show up for their sessions, we have a complete transformation. It's really amazing. In module two out of 10, they do this wheel of life. Like Where are they now on friendships, finances, uh, job satisfaction? They rate themselves in 14 different areas of life. Then at the end, I said, let's go back and look at your wheel. And they rescore it. Like, this is amazing. I have over 90 in all areas. You know, and then there might be one or two they didn't get to in four to six months. So then we do this next six month goals and have them focus on those things. So this is always then having them grow and transform into that life that they really want and desire.
0: Should a good relationship really not be a ton of work, though? If you have to work too hard at it, is it maybe something you shouldn't be in?
1: Um, when it's hard, it means there's just skills to be learned for both partners. When I work with couples, I do both singles and couples. I have three entities. I have to help partner A heal from their trauma, partner B, and three, the relationship. So I work with both straight and LGBTQ couples. It doesn't matter. It's the same information. So when they're struggling so much, this is a clear sign that childhood trauma is still existing. When I can get the trauma healed in both partners and tell them what they're doing, that they are pushing each other's buttons and causing emotional triggers and how to stop that and be more empathetic and kind and loving and more friendly to their partner, things change. I just can't have somebody quit. Now, most of us therapists know if a couple comes in and somebody's in a full-fledged affair, they'll probably do two or three sessions and say to their kids, well, we tried counseling and it didn't work. Well, they had no intention of having it work. It was just an excuse. So we already know that. So it is the dedication of the party in front of me. If they're dedicated, I know I can help them.
0: All right. So what are the best ways people can follow you on social media? Get your books, take your quiz. What's the best way?
1: Okay. The best way is my website. It's my name, Milne.com. And on there, there is the first free 60 pages of both Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams Uh, Live is about the mindset for success, and love is about healthy relationships, and they are meant to go together because you can't have one without the other. Okay, so that's imperative. There's four free love tests you can take. There's the free ebook to download, "How to Have the Love You Deserve," and I have a podcast called "Lessons in Life and Love" with Coach Rihanna Milne. I have 115 shows and like 250 videos on my YouTube channel, so there's a lot of free information you can get started with. And I do offer a great promotion on a private meeting with me for 90 minutes called the Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session, where again, we look at the past and see where you're struggling presently and bridge that. And then what would be the next best move to have you move forward?
0: All right. And of course, this will all be in the show notes. I'll put, all, I got a list of your links. So I'll put them in there <laughs> okay. so people awesome. can reach out and find you. Rihanna, thank you so much for coming on today. A lot of great information.
1: Thanks, George. Thanks for having me. I hope it was helpful.
0: Thank you for listening to the Tell Us How to Make a Better podcast. If you know of someone who is doing something to make the world better, I'd love for you to let me know about it. That way I can have them as a guest on the podcast. And if it's you, don't be shy. Reach out and get in touch with me. If you enjoyed what you were listening to today, please subscribe, share the link, and even leave a review. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.